Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. So if you're new today, we're still on a series called This Is Us, and, um, and it really is, you know, there's, there's different variations of this in different churches. You'll have a basically a new members class, or you'll have uh, a time in which, you know, people are, are uh, you have a class of getting to know me, you know, getting to know the church. And so, in essence, you know, there are different um, variations of it. So, we've kind of titled this, This Is Us, and in that, this is just a clear indication of the vision, the values, who we are, what's important. We've done a we, we first spoke on a vision of the church. Why is the church so important to the Lord? We've also spoke on generational ministry, which is really a real a significant heartbeat of Eliza and I. When we first came to the church, we believe God wants to have a church of the young and old coming together as one for the purposes of God's kingdom. We spoke on having successful relationships We've also spoken on discovering your gifts. And uh, if you did not take that gifts test, it's on week four on the outline. If you can't get it, if you don't know where it is or you don't have one of the copies, um, we will get you one because I want you to go to that, um, to that uh, website and discover your gifts. I mean, I had somebody the other day took the test and they, they, I, I heard them say, well, Man, it was kind of scary to discover what God's gifted me with. You know, it's, it's like an adventure. It's, it's, it's like going into a treasury chest and just discovering all the neat ways that God has made you and wired you, what makes you tick on the inside. So in that, I want to encourage you guys to go back and take that test if you haven't. But the reality is, is that when you know the ways that God has gifted you, then you know how to apply it. You know how to get plugged in. And there was a whole list of, of ministries that are in the church. You can get plugged into the church. You can get plugged in outside the church. So the reality is, is that our, the gifts that have been given to us are to be used for his purposes and his purposes alone. And so in that we receive a reward from Jesus by how we used our gifts when we stand before him. He's like, how did you use what I gave you? And that's where we get our rewards and our blessings from the Lord. And so we're going to continue flowing in this series. And today, week five, is called God's Plan for Healing. This topic is very significant and very dear to my heart. Before I want to pause just a second. At the end of the service, we can go back to one of the gifts of uh, servanthood. I'm, I need to have a lot of strong men help me. We're going to get up all the round tables. We're going to roll them up to the container. Tony, you're going to open up the container for me so we can roll in the, the tables. And, uh, and we're going to get the chairs up and we're going to move them. All to the end, we're going to make this whole sanctuary uh, empty. 
because they're going to have a big fun night on Friday night. Here, the kids' night is going to be a blowout night with games and activities and fun. So we're going to clear this out. So I, want, I need help, bottom line, at the end of the service. So that was just a little news bulletin there. Okay. God's plan for healing. Uh, one of the things that uh, was very important to me when I first, we first started the church, um, Dolores Winder, who you all know is very dear to me, um, she would go out and minister healing to many churches for 40 years as the Lord healed her body, the Lord had gifted her with the gift of faith and with healing. So she was ministering to the body of Christ for 40 years. And she said, you know, when I would go and visit a church and go and, and, and minister healing within the church, unless the church took up the mantle and began to walk in the ministry of Jesus, which was to heal the sick, she said, I would not go back. But I would go back if they were continuing to stand up and to exercise the ministry of healing in the church. And she said this to me. She said, Sam, it is vitally important that the church embrace the ministry of healing. Because you're going to have many people coming to the church that are hurting, that are broken, that are wounded, that are needing help. And this is to be the DNA of the church, is that people are healed physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That you're healed in your mind, you're healed in your soul, you're healed in your body. It is the Lord's will that we be healed. And in that, it's important that we, we know God's heart concerning healing. Because I know that it has, has many different uh, beliefs, understandings, perceptions. But we, the, here's the deal, though. It doesn't matter what you think. It's what God thinks. And if it's, if it's God's will for you to be healed, then it's going to challenge your own belief system. It's going to challenge you to rise up and, and get on his train of thought, his desire, his heart. So really what we're going to look at is, is we're going to go back, back into the Old Testament. And basically, you know, it's important that you know what God's heart is on the matter. Because that determines everything. You know, I love it. You know, when we were uh, going on the mission field to Nicaragua, I took Samuel and Amy. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking, wow, you know, it's going to be a lot to raise support and money for um, my children and for myself. And I was just, you know, thinking of how we're going to, you know, raise support and, and, and acquire the money. And, and then my daughter, who was just maybe 12 years old, she looked at me and she says, you know, Dad, I just want you to know something. If it's God's will, 
it's God's bill. I'm like, yeah, you're right. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Well, if it's God's will to heal you, it's on God. It's his will. It's his bill. So you've got to align yourself in the word with what God says about healing. So let's look at healing in the Old Testament. If you, if, does everyone have an outline? If you don't, raise your hand, please. We're going to hand one out. I want everybody, if you don't have a pen, we need some more outlines up here, Tony, if you could snag some. And we need pens, too. Uh, if you don't have a pen, raise your hand. There's fill in the blanks. There's a test afterwards. So, all right. When it comes to healing in the Old Testament, God has always been opposed to sickness. That's your first fill in blank there. God has always been opposed to sickness. He's not in favor of it one bit. When Adam sinned, this curse came upon the earth. Sickness was released upon man through the sin that Adam committed. God said to Adam, I have given you authority to rule this earth. But what happened is Adam sold out, he sold us all out to the devil by sinning. Adam disobeyed God's commands and sin and sickness was released to all mankind through the fall. But even in the Old Testament, God always made provision for his covenant people to be healed. If sickness was his will, he would not have made provision for it. You'll see countless times in the scripture, in the Old Testament with the Israelites, that he made provision for people to be healed. Number two, when Israel crossed the Red Sea and started toward their homeland, the Lord said in Exodus 15, 26, and he said to them, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I put on the Egyptians or the other translation says that he allowed, that he brought, that he opened, you know, it's just... There's other ways of saying that. Put upon the agenda. For I, the Lord, am your healer. So I want you to notice that it is not the Lord that made them sick. He said, I am the Lord, your healer. If he's the healer, do you think logically that he would put sickness on you as a believer? in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think that it would be his mindset to say, well, I'm going to make you sick so that I can heal you? That's not God's heart. You got to understand, we got to look at what his heart is on the matter. God did not put disease upon Israel. The next blank there. It is Satan, the God of this world, who makes man sick. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, you can read that yourself. It is 
Our adversary is the one that is making people sick. Jehovah declares that he is Israel's healer. Exodus 23, 25 through 26. But you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from your midst. There shall be no miscarrying or barren in the land. I will fulfill the number of your days. So look at B there. As long as Israel walked in the covenant, there was no sickness among them. Number one, there's no record of premature death. No babies, young people, or middle-aged were dying. And with the sickness taken away from their midst of them, the children of Israel, um, the children of Israel lived out their lives without disease. I want you to understand this. This isn't like a small group of people. We're talking two million people that came out of Egypt that he removed sickness from amongst them. Think about that. There was no sickness among them. And in that, they just fell asleep, the next blank. They just fell, what does that have? So you might be asking, what in the world does that have to do with us? Well, good question. You might be thinking, well, that was back then. That was so old school. What does it have to do with me? Well, why it's so important that you realize this heart of our Father is that the, God is the same today, now, as he was then, back then. So he's the same today as he was back then. He doesn't change. He's not a God that would change his mind. Malachi 3.6. So what we see then God was against sin in the Old Testament. Guess what? He's against sin in the New Testament. He was against sickness in the Old Testament. Guess what? He's against sickness in the New Testament. So the reality is, is that he made provision for all of Israel in the Old Testament. And now he's made provision for us to be healed in the New Testament. So our God does not change. And it's never been God's heart to put sickness on God's people. Now, this is so important that we understand this. Because I have been in a setting with individuals. I'll never forget this. We went to the church, we went to a hospital to pray for this young guy, he was maybe in his, I think it was close to his 25, 26. He was married, and they had a baby. And, um, and there might have been a dozen people in the room. And then all of a sudden, um, I heard, as we were praying for this individual, I heard some of them begin to say, you know, George is a good candidate to receive cancer because his life is going to bring God a lot of glory through the cancer. And you know, it sounded like, oh, 
God's going to get glorified out of the example of this man's life, how he's going to handle himself as he walks out dying with cancer. The reality is that if we understand that sickness came from the evil one, why would God take something from the adversary, the one that he's banished into eternal hell, why would he take something from the evil one and try to bring himself glory and honor in a situation? It doesn't make sense. He said, hey, let me have this little thing of yours over here called sickness, and let me let it be allowed to be put upon somebody, and now I'm going to heal them, and I'm going to be glorified. That's not God. That's not how he operates. So the reality is, let's look at Deuteronomy 7, verses 13 uh, and 15. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock in the land which he swore to your forefathers to give you. In verse 15, the Lord will remove from you all sickness. Look at that. And he will not put on you any of the harmless diseases which you have known. You know, some might say, well, you know, that, that's, that was a nice promise for, for back then. You know, is that really for me? How does this apply to me? Okay. Let's transition into the New Testament era. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 says this. Now, these things happened. What? What happened to Israel? All the things that happened to Israel were therefore as an example. And they were, in the next blank, for our instruction. They were for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Listen to that. Basically, Deuteronomy 7 was written for our benefit as an instruction, as a tutor, as an example for us. And he's saying here, basically the Holy Spirit knew that there would be doubt amongst the people. And he's saying, I know you, and I understand there's going to be doubt. So this isn't just for the Jews. It is for you. The benefit, the heart of the Lord, how he treated Israel, how he removed sickness, how he removed disease, he did that for you as an instruction, as something to remember, that his heart doesn't change on the matter, even though that happened over 2,000 years ago. He's the same God today as he was yesterday. Deuteronomy 7.13 was written for our benefit. So what happened to them is to happen to us. So we got to see that it was all written for our learning. So we're not beggars. So when we come to the issue of healing, we don't have to beg them. We don't have to feel like we got to get all our, our faith all you know, worked up that we have enough faith. We, we don't want to just stand here and think, you know, God, I, I just, I'm going to have to fast for 40 days so you can at least hear my prayer if I need healing. 
It's coming to God as a child, knowing that it's the will of your Father to heal you. And when you come with that childlike trust and faith that it's my God who wants to heal me, then you experience the power and the might of a loving Father that wants you to receive the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. It is to be what we're to eat and live off of. B, we are new creatures in Christ. We are blessed above all people. We are the head and not the tail. We are sons and daughters. So number two here, look at that. God's plan for everything connected to Israel is to bear the stamp of health and wholeness for us. You have to receive that into your heart. Disease and sickness were not tolerated among the Israelites. So the church should not tolerate sickness and disease. The next two blanks there. Everything connected to the body of Christ, the New Testament church, should bear the stamp of God's will, which is health and healing. You know, Scripture says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the words of Christ. When you hear the words, this anointed, the anointed word of God, you've got to realize it is for your good and for your benefit. And when the word is spoken, the scripture says it does not come back void. So therefore, the, the intended purpose for the word of the Lord concerning healing, it's going to come back and heal you, and restore you. So in that, there's power in the Word. Paul said to Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jews first, and also to the Greek. Dr. Schofield, of, you might have a Schofield Bible. The Schofield, Dr. Schofield said, the Greek and Hebrew words translated salvation imply the ideas of deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and health. That is incredible. When we are preaching the gospel, the good news of salvation, you are declaring, yes, they are forgiven. They are cleansed and bought in the blood of the Lamb, but you're also declaring the good news, guess what? You're healed too. And guess what? This complete package of salvation also delivers you from the devil. It is good. It's a whole package. I mean, this is the whole enchilada. I mean, you get everything in salvation. You get, you get to be healed, delivered, and saved. That is good news. So when the psalmist, when the psalms, uh, the psalms were really written as Israel's prayer. They would pray the psalms as Eliza was reading today through the, in the psalms. It was Israel's prayer continually. And in the psalms, you'll read that God is Israel's healer. That in that Psalm 103, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, 
who crowns your life with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Doesn't that sound like salvation? That's salvation. You're getting saved, cleansed, healed, and delivered. The God of Israel. Okay, now let's shift gears and go into the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, gifts of healing and miracles are manifestations of the Spirit of God. God gives gifts unto men, and it's the Holy Spirit's good pleasure to distribute these. Look at, let's look at um, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It says here in verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Therefore, we do not always know when God will move spectacularly through the gifts of the Spirit. However, we do know that God's Word always works. I want you to grasp this because there are times when the anointing of the Spirit comes upon various gifted individuals that flow in supernatural power that you'll see mighty miracles and signs and wonders. And I, I remember I would, when I would sit next to Dolores on several times, uh, she was waiting on the anointing of the Spirit to come upon her and for the gift to identify in her those that needed healing. When the anointing came upon her, and when the gift was in operation, the gift of faith and the gift of healing and the gift of miracles were in operation. And, and I would say, Dolores, how do you know all the people in the room that, are, that need healing? And she said, I feel it in my body. She said, I, I, it would get to be so painful, and then, then the anointing will come upon me, and I would be like, I got to get up there because this stuff hurts. And I'm like, really? So I would watch her. And so there would be the worship, praise and worship. And, and you know, it was just getting started, maybe into the first praise song. And the next thing you know, she'd get right up. She'd take over because the Holy Spirit was there. And he was there to heal right then. And she'd get up and start saying, now, who right now is feeling pain in your right shoulder? And, um, and in the left elbow, and then who in the right knee? Who had just hip replacement in your left hip? Who has a toothache right now? Whose right eye you can't, you're, you're having trouble seeing right now? Right now, there's someone having a pain in the back of your head. She used to go off list of 25, 30, 40 things. And, and it wasn't until that person came up and stood beside her, and she prayed for that specific thing that she just said, that finally the pain would leave her, her, her body. And so then there's times when she'd be sitting down, and, and, and we'd be in worship, and the service is getting ready to begin. And I'm like, you know, we've gone through a whole set of worship. 
We've gone through the high praise, the mid praise. We're into the worship, into the glory. I'm like, when is she going to stand up? (laughs) When is she going to say something? She would not move until the anointing of the Spirit was upon her. She would not move. The Holy Spirit was her best friend. The Holy Spirit was Jesus flowing through her to minister healing to the body. She wouldn't do anything until the Holy Spirit told her. But what we got to understand is, is that we don't always have a Dolores Winder in our midst. We, don't, we can't always go to a Benny Hinn crusade to get healing when we need to be healed. The gifts and the spirits have been distributed unto man, and it's the Holy Spirit's will and timing when the anointing is there to heal. We can't always be running to figures or gifted individuals to get healing when the Word always works. Now, I'm not discrediting going to a Benny Hinn healing conference and getting healed. I'm not discrediting going to another conference down there that's on, it's, it's you know, signs and wonders and miracles conference. woo So I can get healed. You've got to know that whether the anointing is on a gifted individual at that moment or that time, that the Word of God is anointed and able to heal you. Bottom line. So in that, the word is alive and active, and the word works. So B, we need to keep in mind when the gifts of the Spirit are not in manifestation, people still can be healed through faith in God's word. Do you hear that? His word is alive. And it says in Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Healing and miracles can occur simply by teaching people the word of God and getting them to exercise their own faith for healing. When you know the word, you know God's will, you know his heart on the matter, You can be healed just by reading the anointed word of God, whether you feel like it or not. You don't need to feel this this Shekinah glory come upon you and feel the anointing and all of a sudden you get healed. By faith, just reading the word and believing the word, you can be healed in your own body. It works. Number three, You don't have to wait for the manifestation of the Spirit of God to be healed because the Word of God will always work for them. For example, if doctors told you you were going to die, would you just wait for the manifestation of the Spirit of God before you accepted healing, the healing that Jesus has provided for you? Of course not. You're not going to sit here and wait, when's the anointing going to be on somebody on the gifted ones to heal me. You could just stand on the word and believe his word because it is your bread. Healing is the children's bread. Also, number five, healing is in the atonement. Uh, Let me backtrack. Number four, by his stripes you were healed. What I love about this is that 
It says in, in the Old Testament, you are healed. It says in 1 Peter 2, 24, you were healed. What does that mean? It's past tense. It's done. It's a sealed deal. Jesus bore every bit of your sickness and your disease. That is so mind-blowing to me that when he looks across humanity, every known disease and sickness went into the body of Jesus. He bore it into his body. And then he hung on a tree and died for you and shed his blood in full measure. He paid for it. What he brought, he bought at the cross so that we can walk in it. So in that, he basically bore it in full measure in his body. And the Bible says in Matthew 8, 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. And by his stripes, by his wounds, you were healed. 1 Peter 2.24. What does it mean you were healed? That means he bought it for you, he paid it for you, he got it for you. Now, you have a wonderful account in the Lord Jesus Christ that is full of the provision that you need. And what accesses your account, it's like going to a teller machine, you know? You, you put your card in, you put your, your, your four-digit code, and basically you're getting a withdrawal from an account that's full, hopefully. Hopefully there's money in the account. But the reality is, is that you have a full account that's been given to you by Jesus. And there are times when you need to take a withdrawal from that account. And your faith is the key, the card that opens it up and releases it to you. You believe. It's been done for me. I believe it. He said it. It's done with. Healing is in the atonement, number five. We know that it's God's will to heal his people because healing is in God's redemptive plan. So we know that healing is in the atonement that Jesus provided for us. Because it says in Isaiah 53, 4, Surely our grief, sickness he himself bore, and our sorrows and pains he carried. Yet we ourselves esteem him stricken and smitten of God, afflicted. Satan is the author in the next blank there of sickness. We know now that it's God's will to heal us because sickness and disease come from Satan. And God doesn't want us to have anything that comes from Satan. Sickness and disease don't belong to us. They're the devil. By the same token, healing does belong to us. Jesus purchased healing for us in the plan of redemption through his death, burial, and resurrection. He purchased it. It's yours. Number seven, renew your minds, the next blank, in God's word. Unless our minds are renewed with the word of God and the truth of what he says about this, 
this will not be a benefit package that you will be able to, to take partake of. As a man thinks, so he is. If you don't believe that healing is for you, it won't be. You've got to renew your mind in the truth. You've got to understand that Satan is the author of sickness, disease, and everything that just destroys us. But once a mind is renewed in the truth of what God thinks about it, the Word of God, we will see that Jesus came to redeem us from Satan's power to give us life more abundantly. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So according to John 10.10, 10, anything which kills or destroys is from the enemy. What does sickness and disease do? It kills and destroys. Jesus came to do the will of God and set man free, not to hurt or destroy lives. Jesus healed people in his earthly ministry, taking, taking sickness from people, not putting sickness on people. You never read in the scripture where Jesus put sickness on anybody. He never put it on anybody. Why? Because it's from the devil. Why would he take anything from the enemy and put it on you? He removed it from them. He healed them of it. That makes it possible to accept the teaching that sickness and disease, it's, that makes it impossible to accept that teaching that sickness and disease come from God. Because it's just, it's ludicrous. He came to give us life and life abundantly. Jesus plainly taught by his words and his actions that sickness and disease come from the enemy. Acts 10.38 you know, Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good, and look, look at this, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I have laid out all the uh, many scriptures. It's not um, an exhaustive list. It doesn't even include the the healing miracles that happened through the disciples in Acts. But I have a list of all of them. I want you to take some time and read over those. These are all examples of how Jesus healed so many different people with so many different ailments. And it was his joy and his delight to heal every single one. It says in the Word, every single one that came to him he healed them all. There wasn't one. There wasn't one. And so really the question for us in John 5, 6 is what Jesus says. Do you wish to get well? For the man that sat beside the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, he couldn't get in the water when the water was being stirred once a year by an angel of the Lord who put his finger down there. First one in the water got healed. Everybody would jump over him. He couldn't get there in time. And he came up to him after 38 years and said, do you want to get well? You know, some people live in their sickness for so long, they don't really want to get well. They have, have actually become, it's become their identity. So Jesus comes to us and says, do you want to be healed? 
We have to ask, we have to answer that. But I want to highlight one verse. Look down there at Matthew 13, 53 through 58. You see that? Matthew 13 under Jesus' heels. Jesus was unable to minister at a home because of unbelief. If there's one thing that is like kryptonite to receiving healing, it's if you don't believe. If you have unbelief in your heart, God doesn't heal. That was that's for somebody else. Somebody's got more faith than me. Well, that was for them 2,000 years ago. The issue of unbelief in your heart, if you do not believe it, it, it and it basically short-circuits the, the promise of healing that is here for you today. It's important to evaluate your heart and know if you're in faith or are you in unbelief. And it's not something you have to get all worked up about it. You don't have to, like, muster up your faith. You just read the Word and believe the Word. It's real simple. I think we... we, we we put a lot of hoops in there. We got to jump through a lot of hoops to get healed. When he's saying, just believe what I said and apply it, appropriate it in your own life. So let's move on. Okay, so Jesus not only heals physically, but he also heals the whole person. And I'm going to blow through this pretty quickly. Um, the scripture says in Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I love that. I love that about Jesus is that he was concerned about people's um, well-being, that they not be uh, downtrodden and oppressed by the devil that he also was healing people's physical bodies. He was meeting their every need. He was feeding them uh, out of a few loaves and fish, you know, 5,000 people. He was there for every need, as we talked about today. But also, one of the areas that a lot of us don't talk about is that your heart can hurt just as much as your body can hurt. And there are a number of people that come into this church that are coming here with hurting and broken hearts. Their hearts are broken and they need healing in their soul, in their mind, in their emotions. And going through life in this world can cause some real heartache in people's hearts. And and there's an aspect when, when your heart, when your lamp is going out on the inside, it can affect your whole life. So this church is to be like a hospital, a healing church, where people are coming in not only to get fed, not only to get restored, not only to get deliverance, but they're to get healing in their hearts that are breaking. And... I'm so grateful to the Lord that he's here not only to heal your body, but he's here to heal your broken heart. And your soul matters. And you got to give attention to your soul. Because there's a lot of people that will go through like, we're just going to push on through. Even though my heart is bleeding, I'm going to push on through. I'm not even going to be looking at issues in my heart. When you got bad fruit in your life, 
you got to go to the root. If you got bad fruit, you got to go to the basic root system inside your heart and deal with the bad root. So in that, we even have a wonderful ministry in this church. There's a little news bulletin. It's called the Freedom Ministry. And Freedom Ministry, um, which is led by Tammy and a team of, of people, uh, you can set up an appointment. You know, there are times in life when you need a tune-up. You know, your car can't go too long without, you know, getting a tune-up. And so in that, as, you're, as you, come, you come to a place where I, I can't go anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm too tired. You might need a tune-up. You might need to go get your heart ministered to and be able to share your heart and allow Jesus to heal your broken heart. 3 John 2.2, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Do you see that? Spiritual health. When we have a wholesome relationship with God as his sons and daughters, knowing that we're his children, he loves us and accepts us. Romans 8, 15 through 17. The next blank there. We are made in his image. You are an image bearer of the one that created you. He formed us and named us. He wants us to love him because he first loved us. Happenings and events in life can cause wounds in the heart. And because of these happenings in our lives, or the next blank there, generational sins, sometimes even in the womb, things can go back even into your womb. Do you know that you can be affected by what things were going on around you, even in your mother's womb? Sometimes even in the womb, we are uncertain of who we are or God's unconditional love. A child in a womb can know that if it's loved, accepted, and welcomed. If a mom and dad don't want the baby, the baby knows it and can feel it deep in its core. And a sense of rejection, a sense of alienation, a sense of I have no value and worth is stamped on the heart of a little baby. And this is a wound that needs to be healed. As you're brought forth into life, you can still be carrying a wound in your heart that happened even in the womb, or even in when you were one years old, two years old. Your mom and dad separate. They get divorced, and you're two years old, and you're wondering, my life has just been shattered, and it's my fault. If I had been better, or if I had been a blessing, or if I had been a gift to this family, they wouldn't have split up. Do you realize the, the things that we carry in our heart can also affect us physically? Doctors say today that almost 80% of, of illnesses that are, that are people are, that are carrying today, illness and sickness in their body is related to something in your soul, in your emotions, in your heart. Your emotional makeup can actually cause physical ailments. 
So in that, when we have these areas in our heart, and we don't really believe that Jesus is there for me, it can block you from receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit and even the gifts of the Spirit. This leads to an unhealthy emotional life, and we live in, we live in these things, guys. Fear, resentment, destruction, anxiety, anger, loneliness, insecurity, distrust, failure, unworthiness, unforgiveness, guilt, discouragement, self-condemnation, and shame. These are all, it's like a bad blanket that gets put over you. So having an unhealthy emotional life leads to wrong thinking. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence of anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 22. Through 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is something you cannot do. And the next blank there, he does it. Spirit, soul, emotions, mind, and body are closely related in health or illness. So as I said, spiritual, emotional ills lead to physical ills, although some physical illness is organic. Physicians are now saying that at least 80% of physical illness stems from the inner person. Do you read that? That, I mean, that's, that just blows my mind. And we need to seek to discover the root problems and not just deal with the symptoms or the bad behavior. Jesus is the healer of the whole person. Look at Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27. We'll end there. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, bring you into your own land, and then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Amen. Aren't you glad that Jesus is our healer? He's here to heal the whole person, spirit, soul, and body.